so last week, uh, we talked about having unbelievable worship. Now, I don't know about you, but I saw a couple of people, we, you know, we can indicate each other by our Faith Church stickers. If you don't have one, you can get one. But I saw a couple of people, man, I don't know if their worship was unbelievable, but I know it was loud and I know it was expressive. I saw some people getting their worship on at the red light. And, uh, and so Pastor Steve challenged us last week. He said this, this one thing. He said, worship is more than a song we sing. It's about the life that we live. And so our prayer is that you had a, an amazing week and that you lived out an unbelievable life for God. And so, uh, listen, I want to just jump right in. I want to review kind of what he talked about, where this whole series comes from, what it's built on. It's built in John chapter 10, verse 10. And uh, when we talk about this thing called unbelievable, the Bible tells us that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. How many of you know that? Come on, he doesn't want us to live in victory. He doesn't want us to be happy. He doesn't want us to be satisfied. But Jesus says, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Almost to say my purpose is for them to have an unbelievable life. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. He, listen, so he, when he says things like this, you know, we don't just want to take it for granted or just listen to the scripture. And so, uh, you know, I think God wants us to have an unbelievable life, and there's a lot of ways that we can do that. But today, we're going to talk about how we can have an unbelievable life by having an unbelievable faith. Everybody say, faith. Come on, so tap your person on the left or right, because y'all know we're going to have to interact. Say, say you got to have some faith. Now look to the other side and tell them you got to have some faith. So listen, faith is not like a new concept for us. It's not something that we don't understand, something we don't, we don't use all the time. Really, we use faith in so many things in our lives. And so I want to show you just a couple of things this morning that maybe you use this morning or you do on a daily basis. So like, uh, how many of you are coffee drinkers? Any coffee drinkers? Okay. Come on, church is a place to be honest and transparent. And, uh, and so like, I remember the day where my dad would take me to the grocery store and uh, we would have to like grind up all the coffee and we'd have to it was like a long process in this long machine you know and now like we we place our faith in uh in like a coffee machine and a little cup and just one little start button and like we go finish getting ready come on you know and and before we know it like we want our coffee to be ready and we're ready to go right anybody else got a keurig in the house come on thank you jesus for some quick coffee right and so, uh, so like we put our faith in these like machines all the time and we're like, yeah, we'll just hit the power button and the start button. And like, here's the deal. You can have a small cup, medium cup or a large cup. That's awesome. Right. But you know, we put our faith in that. And some of you are like, really, I don't know about that, but you more so put your faith in the caffeine. If that's you, come on, say amen. Like the caffeine's what helps me keep, keep from strangling somebody's neck or the caffeine's kind of what makes me a normal human being. It kind of levels me out. So I'm just, I'm just being honest. There's some things. That, uh, that maybe I use, that you use. Listen, another thing we do when we use our faith is we drive. How many of you drove here this morning, right? You didn't ride a horse and uh, you didn't fly in here. You didn't walk like back in the day. So like you do know that the scariest and the most dangerous thing that you do is drive, right? So not only are you putting faith that your car is gonna start, but you're also putting faith that the people on the opposite side of the road are gonna watch you and allow you to get to your destination, Right? So how many of you parents, you've ever uh, taught your kid how to drive? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Grandparents, somebody has. All right. At some point, you put your life in their hands and you had faith in your 15-year-old or your 16-year-old child. That's amazing. That's unbelievable, right? So like we, we use this thing called faith. And how many of you got that friend that like they want to drive? You're like, I'm out. I'll take the bus. I've, I've, all right. We put our faith in people 
That's not a, that's not a safe thing for us either, right? So like uh, my favorite, and when I was thinking about this, you know, we talk about devices and people. Uh, how many of you got a cell phone in the house? Most of you, right? Cell phones. So uh, you put your faith in like that ignore button. Anybody else do that sometimes? Life's busy. You're in the middle of a conversation. Somebody's calling you and you're like, I'm going to ignore this phone call or decline it, right? So we put our faith that we hit that button, it's going to decline the call. But, you know, what happens if it actually answers it? Like the phone don't work like it says it's supposed to. That moment everybody hears you talking about, I don't want to talk to them anyways, right? Or, or the mute button, because some of you moms, you would be in trouble if the mute button didn't work. Like my wife, because sometimes she just answers the phone and the kids are back there screaming and yelling and putting each other in, you know, like some kind of wrestling move. And uh, my wife will be like, hang on just a second. She'll hit the mute button. Y'all sit out, You know, and like, so we put our faith in so many things, don't we? We use our faith and we put our faith and trust in like devices and people. And I just want to say to you this morning, like some of these things we use, you know, we can look at them and go, I can't believe I do that. But we use a lot of things. And I just want to say this morning that you can put your faith in devices, in instruments, in a drink. You can put your faith in people, leaders in a church possibly. How many of you know they're going to let you down? Come on, you know that? But you know what? I want to tell you this morning, we serve a God that will never let us down. Amen. We serve a God. Listen, I'm just going to give you your point right here that's in your bulletin. You're filling the blank. Listen, we can have an unbelievable faith. Y'all say unbelievable faith. We can have an unbelievable faith because we serve an unbelievably faithful God. Amen. So the Bible tells us that his characteristic is that he is faithful and his word is true. So if you believe that, if you believe that you serve an unbelievably faithful God and his word is true, then uh, it's important to understand exactly what faith is, isn't it? When you need to define what it is. So, so I just want to, for a minute, want to talk about what faith is not. Can we do that? So faith this morning is not just going to church, although that would be nice, wouldn't it? Just going to church, is, it's not faith. That's just something you do. Faith is not, it's not just putting money in the offering. I mean, everybody can just put some money somewhere. That's not what faith is. Faith is not praying when things get tough, when your parents maybe get cancer or when a family member loses their life or when tragedy strikes and difficulty comes up. Faith is not just praying right then. That's not what faith is. Faith is not serving at an event and getting a t-shirt. Now listen to me, all of these things make up faith, but that's not what faith is. I wanna tell you what faith looks like, what I believe it really looks like and can be. Faith is saying that when life is falling down around me, when I'm hurting and people around me are hurting, when I don't have the energy or the want to to get up and go to church, all right, when, I, when that happens, I'm still going to go because I believe that God is at work around me. And the Bible tells me that he who began a good work will complete it, right? That's what faith, faith is this. Faith is saying I can barely make ends meet right now. I can't go buy the groceries. I can't put the gas in the car. I don't even know where the next paycheck's coming from. But I know one thing, that if I'll continue to be generous to God, come on, church, that the Bible says that God will be generous back to me in good measure, pressed down and running over. Come on. So there's a difference between like just going through the motions and living an unbelievable life and having unbelievable faith. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. amen. Come on, I need some interaction. I need you talking to me this morning. So... Uh, we, uh, we serve a God who loves us, who has a plan for us, and, uh, and he says, my plan is to give you hope and a future. 
right? To give you hope and a future, not to harm you. Like we know all of this, but here's the deal. When we, we get to this place, when life starts like really happening, when, when difficulty starts really coming up and battles and trials and stuff start piling up, that's the hard part. So like when you gave your life to God, if someone told you this thing was gonna be easy, they might've lied to you because it, it, sometimes it can be difficult, can it, church? Sometimes it can be difficult. And, and, and there's, there's possibility in this room this morning somebody's walking right in the middle of that difficulty. Someone's coming here this morning with a trial, with fire, you're underneath the fire right now. I just want you to know that nobody ever said this was easy. And really probably one of the hardest things is understanding faith. I want you to see this scripture right here in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Somebody say, will actually happen. And then it says, it gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. So like faith is like, I'm praying to a God, I'm singing to a God that I like, I hope he hears what I'm saying. And I hope he, I hope he understands that I'm, I'm bringing some troubles to him and I'm bringing some victories to him and I'm, I'm just in faith, listen, in faith, I'm hoping that this will actually happen. But the hard part is, is things we cannot see. I found this quote, faith is like Wi-Fi. Faith is like Wi-Fi. It's invisible, but it has the power to connect us to what we need, right? Like having faith. Come on, you can't see God. You can't touch God, but you, you believe he's there. You believe his presence is with you, and you believe as long as you will call upon his name that he'll answer you. That's, that's what faith is. And so today, listen, we could look at tons of different passages and we could talk about a lot of different things in faith. Jesus said that if you'll have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and the mountain will move. Listen, greater faith is the person who's never seen me and still believes. We could talk about a lot of things. But when I think about this thing called unbelievable faith, I go to this story in the Old Testament where there's these three guys and they had the opportunity to put their faith and their trust in something or someone else. And they said, no, we're going to put our faith in God. So this morning, we're going to look at a story in Daniel chapter 3, the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Anybody ever heard that story? It's an amazing story. And so if you're not familiar with it, I want to tell you what's happening. So, so in this story, in the Old Testament, there's a king. His name is King Nebuchadnezzar. All right, for the rest of the remainder of the evening or the morning, we're going to call him King Nebi. Is that okay? All right, we're having some fun. Okay, and so in this story... King Nebi is insecure, and he is prideful, and he is all about him, okay? If you'll go read about it, you'll find that out pretty quick. And so the story starts off in Daniel chapter 3 that he has built a statue that is 90 feet tall. Somebody go, whoa, that's tall. Okay, that's nine-story hotel. For those of you that aren't, aren't up to date with that, this is a huge statue. And what he tells everybody is he says, hey, listen, there's a decree out throughout the whole land that everybody who lives in this providence, that when you hear the flute, the harp, the lyre, all kinds of instruments, when you hear that and the trumpets start blowing, then you're going to bow down and you're going to worship this gold statue. You're going to worship this statue of King Nebuchadnezzar, Right? And so here's the deal. It's a group of people, just like we are, a group of people that have had a God provide for them. They've had God show up for them on their behalf, all right? And so King Nebuchadnezzar is a voice out in the midst of everybody else. He says, when you hear it, you're going to bow down and worship. But there were three. Y'all say there were three. There were three guys. They said, it's not going to happen. So we're going to pick up right here in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, 
Oh, King Nebi, right? Oh, King Nebi, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Somebody say, he is able. He is able. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Now listen, I want us to just pull for just a minute, pull in right here. So as we're reading this story, maybe I left out the part that if they didn't bow down and worship his statue, he's going to throw them in a furnace. All right, I left that out, but now we're back. Okay, so back to the story. So here's what happens. Uh, these guys, they're looking at this, this king, and he says, you're going to worship the God that I tell you to worship. Now I don't know about you, but I know that when I leave these four walls and I leave a comfort zone and a secret place in my house, I live in a world that's worshiping some false gods. Anybody else? I live in a world that, that doesn't really believe in unbelievable faith. They don't really believe in an unbelievably faithful God, and they choose to worship everything else but Him. And, and, and it, doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot of sound or a lot of instruction for some people to bow down and worship other things. And so in this story, I don't think that we're so far from Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. I think that we are walking in some of the same things right now. And so as this story happens, I love this because... I believe this morning someone needs to know this, that God is able to save you. Come on. He is able to save us. No matter what you came in here with, in here with this morning, no matter what life looks like for you, no matter if someone has threatened you or they're telling you you're going to lose your house or you're going to be, listen, I don't care what it is. I'm telling you, I believe God is able to save us. I believe that. And so I, what I want us to do is I, I want you to look at, this story, and I want you to think about your life. And so I want you to think about your life right now. Everybody in here, hopefully, everybody in here could look at their life and go, you know what, there was a time where God, he, he showed up for me. Like there's days that I pray and I ask him to show up. There's days that I ask him to, to work in my life. And sometimes I pray and I'm not sure if he's there, but, but like I know he's able. Come on, if you know he's able, can you just, can you, amen? Yeah. Come on, he is able. And so what, what we find here is these guys, they're not afraid. They're not walking in fear, but they're walking in, in faith and confidence in God. And all the way up to this point, we don't know that there's ever been another story where their faith has been tested. So what they're doing is they've watched some people in their life be faithful. They've read some stories and heard some things about a God who provided when Everybody else wasn't. When everything else felt like it was falling down around them, they just said, no, that same God, he's the one true God, so we're going to place our faith in him. So they look at the king and they said, they said to him, they said that we will not bow down. Listen, we will not bow down. But even if he doesn't, that's the faith part, amen? Even if he doesn't show up, even if he doesn't get us out of this, even if he doesn't Help me get my bills paid. I'm, I'm not going to curse him, and I'm certainly not going to worship another God. So faith is, is kind of that extra mile of saying even if he doesn't. I remember the first time that I understood what was really happening in this story. You know, as a child, uh, you hear this story, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, if you, if you went to church at vacation Bible school, and I thought, man, these guys get thrown in fire. That's a cool story. But then I started realizing that these are real men with real issues, with real opportunities to have faith in a God that they've never seen, that they can't touch. And they said, even if he doesn't show up, we're going to take the death. But we're just going to trust him. We're going to trust him in the midst of this. So maybe today... 
Maybe you're here today and what you need more than anything is just the work of the Holy Spirit right now to say, even if he doesn't. You know, some of the most powerful testimonies that I've ever heard is when people say, I've been asking God and asking God and asking God. And I haven't got an answer, but I'm not giving up. I've heard people, I've heard people say, we've asked God, he's told us that we're going to have a child. He's told us that we're going to be able to have that baby. And we just keep believing and praying. But even if he doesn't, I'm not going to serve another God and I'm not going to turn my back on him. Amen? Because he's going to show up because the Bible says he's faithful and he's true and it's in his character. I've always told teenagers this very thing and myself, that if you are faithful and obedient to God, he can't not bless you. If you'll honor God and you'll be faithful to him, there is no way that he can't not bless you. Because if he didn't bless you and he didn't exalt you, he would be a liar. And he's not a liar. He's faithful and true. Amen? So come on, this story's not just in the Bible. This story is for us. This is even better news right here. Let's look at verse 22. And because the king in his anger, so we're reading on past the story. So because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace... The flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, this is important, fell into the roaring flames. Now everybody go, oh. I mean, this is sad. They just got thrown in, all right? They just, they were standing up for God. We're hoping God shows up. Lightning falls from heaven. Fire falls from heaven and just gets them out of there, right? So that's not what happens. But suddenly, come on, but suddenly, King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. So come on, in the midst of this trial, in the midst of this situation they're in, they get thrown in the furnace. Listen, we, we cannot think for one minute this morning that they wanted the furnace. So we don't want disaster. We don't want difficulty. We don't want troubles. We don't want battles. We don't want that. But they said, we're not going to bow down and worship that God. So securely tied up, they throw them in there. And then here's what happens. King Nebuchadnezzar goes, wait a minute. What? We just threw three men in there, but I see four. What is going on? And then he describes the fourth. He says he looks like a God. He looks like a God. So here's what I want you to know this morning. Not only is God able, but I want you to know this, that in your struggle, in your battle, in your storm, in whatever your faith thing is this morning, God will stand with you. Come on. God will stand with you. You will not stand. Amen. You will not stand by yourself. You will not have to endure the battle by yourself. You're not the only one that's hurting in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your struggle. You know why? Because we serve a God who is faithful. And if he is faithful, then he expects us, man, just to continue to do the same thing we've always done and be faithful to him. You will not stand by yourself. Listen, I, I think about this. They, uh, their prayer was not, hey, throw us in the fire or let us get stoned, the apostles in the, in the New Testament. Let us, uh, you know, be suffering for, for living for Christ. I, I don't think that was ever the intent, but it was just, God, I want to honor you first and foremost. I want to have unbelievable faith. I want to have unbelievable faith because I know that I serve an unbelievably faithful God. So as I was preparing, I went back to Pastor Steve uh, last week. He talked about El Shaddai in the Old Testament, Right? He talked about the all-sufficient one. 
I just want to tell you this morning that he's, these guys right here, they knew he was sufficient enough for them. That in their battle, in their struggle, it didn't matter. That he was going to help them. He was going to rescue them. He was going to get them out. And so I want to say this. He is the only God. Everybody say the only God. He's the only God who will come with us. He'll stand with us in the midst of a battle. And he'll support us and sustain us in our struggles. Because he is unbelievably faithful. Amen. He's unbelievably faithful. Countless times I've heard students, I've heard uh, friends of mine, and I've even heard uh, students' parents, adults, just like many of us, I've heard them say, but listen, Ryan, I'm praying, and I don't hear him, and I don't feel him, and I don't know where he's went, and I don't know what's going on around me. I'm, I'm asking him to do this, and I don't, I don't know what's going on. I just, I want you to know God's never left you. He's right there with you. If you place your faith and your trust in Jesus at any point in your life, God is with you. You know what's awesome about our God? And it's totally different from all other religions because every religion requires some faith, right? Because you don't see the gods, you can't touch the gods, you can't interact with the gods. So, so here's what's different about Christianity. And the only thing that's different is that in our faith, our God doesn't expect us to work to him. He doesn't expect us to get it all figured out before we can arrive to a certain destination. In our faith, our God comes to us. Come on, does anybody find some, some satisfaction in that and some peace in your heart? Hopefully in your stories, in your situations this morning, you can know that you're not there by yourself, but that the God that we serve, the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, that he has come to you. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came to us. He came to where we were. We don't have to get to him. He is able to save us. He will stand with us. Listen, just making a plug for connect groups real fast. In this story, in this story, you see this. When you read this story, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, you think, man, those guys are brothers. They grew up as cousins. They played in the backyard. That's not the case at all. These are just three men that had faith in the same God. Come on. That are going through life and battles and struggles, and they're trusting in the El Shaddai. They're trusting in the unbelievably faithful God to help them in their situation. Connect groups is this very same thing. It's everybody that's going through battles and lives and struggles, and, and life is better connected. When you see this story, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego is not just one of them in a trial. It's all three of them. Come on. And so when the Bible tells us that when one suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we all can rejoice. We see this lived out in this story. So I challenge you, just as a youth pastor at this church, get plugged in. You need people. Come on, anybody know that? You need other people when you're going through battles and struggles to have the same faith in the same God that you have. And sometimes that faith also pushes you to love God and serve God more. Amen? Listen, the last part. I love this part. Look to your neighbor and say, he's almost done. But I love this part of the story. Listen right here. Then King Nebi came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and he shouted. Come on, so it's not like he was like, what just happened? Like he, he's fired up in this moment. I see four, one looks like a guy. So he comes up and he says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God. Come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Now, they were in a fire. They stepped out. Come on. He, he, there's coming a day where you're going to step out of the fire, church. There's coming a day. And then he says, 
Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw. Y'all say saw. I I label it all of this because I think this is important because I want you to know this morning that while you have a God that's able to save you, you have a God that comes to you. Listen, there's also a God that gets the glory for it. And there's other people watching. If you believe you have unbelievable faith, unbelievable worship, there's going to be other people see that. It says, they all came and they saw this, that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Then King Nebuchadnezzar said, this is the best part, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue his servants who trusted in him. Can I say this to you this morning? Listen, your, your faith is definitely personal and your walk with God is definitely your walk and your relationship with God. But make no mistake, it's always been about him. It's all, this story is not about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. It's about God. Because King Nebuchadnezzar's looking in this story and he's looking at their faith and he doesn't say, wow, what amazing faith. He says, wow, what an amazing God. Wow. In the midst of the storm, everybody else around them could be bowing down and saying, you know what? You'll never be pregnant. You know what? You're going to lose your house. You know what? Trust the bank. They know what's right. You know what? You're never going to get through your sin, your struggles and your battles and your difficulties. So just give up. But there's somebody always watching. And in this story, it's King Nebuchadnezzar. And he starts, and listen, he says this, praise to the God. Praise to the God. God always gets the glory. Unbelievable faith, actively lived out, will always result in the praise and the presence of God. When you live out an unbelievable life and an unbelievable faith for God, it'll always result in His praise and His presence showing up in your life. Isn't that good news? So this morning, maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what, Ryan? I love this story. It's a cool story. But I don't know this God. And I don't have faith in anything. I put my faith in people. I put my faith in things. I put my faith in so much. But I really don't know who this God is. And today, I want to know Him. Today, I want to trust him. Today, I want, to, I want people to begin to look at my life and say, man, what an amazing, faithful God that person serves. So with every head bowed and eye closed this morning, if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, I got faith in a lot of things. I got, I got faith in a lot of things, but I don't have faith in God. If that's you this morning and you just want to today place your faith in your trust, your faith in your trust in a faithful God, I just want you just to lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand. Anybody in the house this morning? Amen. I see you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, keep your hand up. Anybody else? Come on, I place my faith in a lot of other things. Maybe somebody here this morning that you've already placed your faith in God, but maybe you've lost sight of how faithful he is and how he can show up in your situations and your circumstances. And today you just need a little more faith. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so all over the house, we're just going to pray right now. All over the house, let's just pray. I know it's early, but let's pray together. There's some people that want to place their faith and their trust 
and unbelievably faithful God. So let's pray. Come on, just repeat after me. Say, Father, I love you. And God, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart to save me, to change me, and make me like you. Lord, I'm asking for unbelievable faith. God, I don't want to place my faith in the things of this world any longer. But I want to place my faith in you and only you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's just celebrate what God's done. Several hearts. Several hearts.